Welcome to the CancerWise podcast, where we'll discuss cancer prevention, treatments, the latest in research, and important news around cancer. Brought to you by the University of Michigan Health Rogo Cancer Center. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Erica Reist Bass, and I am the Rogel Cancer Center's producer here at Michigan Medicine. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with an incredible woman, Ruth Williams, who is currently receiving care at Rogel for multiple myeloma. This conversation that you're about to hear is from when I sat down with Ruth in her home and interviewed her to be the feature patient story for Multiple Myeloma Awareness Month. You can find her patient story video on Michigan Medicine's social media platforms, as well as our YouTube channel, which will be linked in the description. All right, so we're just going to do a little warm-up here. Okay. Um, So can you tell me your name, where you were born, and how old you are? My name is Ruth Williams. I was born in a, uh, a small place in West Virginia. It's called Gap Mills. I grew up on a 1,500-acre farm. I'm uh, 76, almost 77 years old. I'll be 77 in April. What was your first thought when Dr. Pianco reached out to you about sharing your story? Because I think he reached out to you and then you filled out the form. So, you know, I think he told you, hey, like, there's some folks who want to, you know, tell help tell your story. Like, what was your first thought? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I told him that I was willing yeah. uh, to do it because if it's something that can uh, be used to help others who are who have multiple myeloma. I'm quite willing to be a, a part of, uh, of of the work. What is it you hope people will walk away with, though, specifically from hearing your story? I would hope that they walk away knowing that even though it's in, it's an incurable uh, cancer. Mm-hmm that there's still hope that they can still live a good life. Uh, They can still enjoy activities that they do every day. They certainly can um, participate in just life itself. And just, I would hope that just because you have multiple myeloma that you don't see it as a death sentence because I've never seen it as a death sentence. And I'm a firm believer that you can speak life or death through the power of the tongue. And I'm always one that likes to speak life. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you two questions here, maybe three that are all kind of similar. I'm gonna ask you how your friends would describe you how your family would describe you, and how you would describe yourself. Okay. So first, I want to know, how would your friends describe you? <laughs> um, I think that they would say that I'm fun-loving, I'm organized, I'm always, I always like to be on time for events. I'm usually one of the first, they know that if, 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 that if there's an event, I'm going to be there early and on time. Mm-hmm. They know that they can count on me to uh, do my share of work whenever we have something that we need to do. We, they know that I like to exercise. Uh, they know that I like to uh, drive. So whenever we go to an event, 
uh, I usually volunteer to drive because I enjoy driving and they seem to feel that I'm a good driver. So what about your family? <laughs> Especially your children, I want to know. How. Now that my children are older, they certainly respect, respect me a lot more as a parent. You know, going through those teen years, it was, that's the tough, that's a tough time for, and so my daughter once told me that she thought that I was the meanest mother because I held firm on um, decisions that I made. And I, my, my, uh, I would tell my children that it's important as a parent to set the example so that, and expect children to live up to a good, uh, your example. I, don't, I didn't want them to be perfect, but I certainly wanted them to grow up to be successful and to be able to take care of themselves. Yeah. Uh, they would also say, my son told me that most kids come home from college for a good meal. He, comes home, he came home from college for a good conversation yeah. because I was, not, I was a vegetarian at the time and he didn't like the food that I cooked. <laughs> so, and we still, we still have good conversations. Mm -hmm. um, they um, see me as someone who's always going to be there for them, no matter what. Yeah. Mom's going to be there. Yeah. And she's going to make sure that they are okay. And I think any parent would, would feel the same way. Absolutely. And they also know that I spoil the grandsons. Yeah. That was my job, I thought. I enjoyed my, uh, and I still enjoy my grandsons, even though they're teenagers, but I enjoyed them so much when they were younger. Mm -hmm. They traveled with me. Mm -hmm. I took them to swimming classes, skating, because I wanted to be a, a, an important part of their life as they grew up. Yeah. And I wanted to get to know them and I wanted them to know me well yeah. as they were growing up. Yeah, I really trust that that's happened. Yeah, and how I would describe myself. Yeah, how, Ruth, how would you describe yourself to somebody? Or to me, you know, we're still kind of strangers, so what's like your core um, characteristics? I'm strong, I'm a very strong-willed person. I'm organized, I like things organized in a way that I know that things are going to be where I need them to be. I like exercising and staying physically fit. I enjoy driving. I don't like cooking. <laughs> cooking is not the high priority on my, it's not a high on my priority list. I like trying new things. I try, I took some uh, flying lessons because I wanted to experience you know, flying an airplane. Yeah. So it was just a small plane. So I, I took three lessons, enjoyed that tremendously. I didn't realize that learning to fly a plane can be a daunting experience. Yeah. I, I saw the steering wheel on the uh, uh, plane, so I thought that that's how you steer the plane. And that's not the way you steer it with your foot. Mm. And as a person who considers herself a very good driver, 
when I was drive trying to steer this airplane down the runway, I was all over the place. So I realized that that I'd have a lot of work to do uh, in order to um, fly a plane. Yeah. I would really like to skydive, but uh, we'll see how that goes. We talked about like how you start each morning and you mentioned like, you know, first thing you do, like once you get out of bed, is, like make coffee. Can you just tell me about like how you start your morning? Okay. Like, kind of like your morning ritual. Well, I get up, come downstairs, make a cup of coffee, I'll eat a banana, take my, med take my uh, medication. I usually spend at least 20 minutes uh, reading devotion time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm very, I'm a person, a spiritual person, and so I like to always remind myself each day of my blessings yeah. because sometimes we take things for granted. So I always like to take time to thank my Heavenly Father for the blessings seen and unseen, and just for being able to get up each morning and start the day. And once I um, have breakfast, I'm preparing to get ready to go for my exercise program. So hearing you describe yourself, you know, as independent and strong and everything, I want to know, did that change at all with your cancer diagnosis? Do you feel like at any point you didn't feel as strong or you didn't feel as independent or did it or did it only like kind of like fortify that for you? See, I, I'm determined. Yeah. I, it, I, I have strong determination. I was not going to let this cancer diagnosis ruin me, destroy me. I, I'm just not, I wouldn't give in to it. I wanted to stay strong and, and do whatever I needed to do to fight the cancer in my body. That's the only answer I think I could have expected from you. Can you tell me what type of cancer you were diagnosed with and when? I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma in 2011. Mm -hmm. And what made you choose Michigan Medicine or the Rogel Cancer Center for your care? Well, I started out with the, uh, the oncologist at St. Joe's. Mm -hmm. Dr. Mackler, mm -hmm. Nicholas Mackler. Mm -hmm. I had been with him since I was first, mm -hmm. first diagnosed. Mm -hmm. The last treatment that I had, daratumumab, uh, stopped being effective. And so we had to look at the next step. So he asked me if I would be interested in being in a study. Mm -hmm. And particularly because the medication that I was, that he wanted me to take, Pomalist, the copay is so expensive. Yeah. And I knew that, you know, there was no way I could afford that monthly copay. Yeah. So I, I felt that going into this study would be beneficial for me. And how would you describe like your experience working with Dr. Pianco and his staff? You know, how, how has that been for you? It has been wonderful. I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy them. He's a wonderful oncologist. I, I really enjoy talking to him. He's a great listener. I feel that I can say whatever I feel. He will listen. I did when I first met him and we started talking and um, I didn't know how he would take this. I said, you know, I'm African-American, and you know that African-Americans have some concerns about what has happened 
to uh, happen to them in the medical field. And he said, I'm very much much aware of that. And I got a sense from him that he was quite aware. And I didn't say that to make him feel bad or anything, but I wanted him to know that that's a concern uh, as an African-American and in a study that I would be concerned about. And he did let me know that, you know, if I had any issues, any concerns, any questions, or if I even wanted to get out of the study, that I could. So I appreciated his honesty yeah. and his directness and his staff. You know, I've, I've had a wonderful experience so far with them. Was he um, happy to also find out that you like to stay really healthy and active? I imagine yes. that's really great for a doctor yes. here. Uh-huh. So what does, can you tell me what does being healthy and like staying active look like for you on a daily basis? Well, staying active, I think that you know, with multiple myeloma, I think you can have bone pain, mm-hmm. and, and I've had minor, but I think staying active has helped me not to have a lot of bone pain. I do have neuropathy. Uh, that's my biggest concern, mm-hmm. neuropathy in my feet, mm-hmm. uh, but that's my biggest concern. Yeah. So uh, I try to just move uh, to keep my body strong and fit and um, I joke uh, with some of my friends. I said, I can remember a time when my mother would get up in the morning and she'd sit on the side of the bed and she'd sit there for a while. And I would say, Mom, why are you sitting there? She would say, I'm just getting myself together. Well, I've hit that stage. I get up in the morning and I sit on the side of the bed And first of all, I just give thanks for just being able to be alive, but just to kind of get myself together before I start my day. And with multiple myeloma, with this medication that I take, it can cause some dizziness. So I find that walking helps to eliminate a lot of that uh, that dizziness. You know, I usually, when I walk, I usually walk two, two and a half miles. Yeah. Now the first first 40, maybe quarter of a mile, you know, I can I feel the dizziness, but it dissipates as I continue to walk. Yeah, and, and what is it that you like about yoga specifically? Is it the movements? Is it, you know, like the breathing? Like, I think it's a combination of things. Okay. Certainly the breathing. Uh, you know, we 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 think we breathe right all the time. When I got to yoga class, and and she said, and the, t- the instructor would say, you know, inhale and you and you you push your belly out, exhale you pull your belly in. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of practice that, uh, and that helps with the movements. I also like the movements mm-hmm. because I think that it really strengthens yeah. uh, my muscles. What advice would you like to share with others who have recently been diagnosed with multiple myeloma? I know you kind of touched on this in the beginning with saying, like, it's not a death sentence, don't let it take you down. But, you know, if someone was just recently diagnosed, yeah, what advice would you like to share with them? I would say accept the diagnosis and then decide what you're going to do to stay healthy to stay strong, Mm -hmm. to stay emotionally strong, as well as physically strong, 
and to have faith in yourself that you can fight this this cancer and that you can live with it. It's a part of you. You can't change it. And so you have to find ways of accepting that which you cannot control. Each, each day, you know, I don't think about, oh, I have multiple myeloma. I just think about getting up each day and just putting my best foot forward to meet the challenges of the day and to enjoy the joys of the day. Yeah. Because you're always going to have challenges, but you also have joys and enjoy and enjoy those joys. And I'm and I'll have to say that there are times when you don't feel as good, but that's part of of being of having the diagnosis. And you you have to take the medication, even though you may not want to. Yeah. But I look at it as that's helping me to fight the cancer in, the, in my body. And it keeps me going, yeah. keeps me moving forward, keeps me saying, I got this. Yeah. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about or that you wish I would have asked you? No, uh, my mother had multiple, she was diagnosed with multiple mm-hmm. myeloma back in, in the 90s, yeah. and she lived seven years yeah. after her diagnosis, but she didn't have access to the kinds of treatments that I had, yeah. that I have today, and I think that's remarkable. I think that there are a lot of new treatments coming out, and I hope at some, in, in, some, in some way or at some point that they will find a cure. Yeah. Well, the, the funny thing was that I asked, um, Dr. Mackler, who was my first oncologist, I said, was there any way I could have uh, just not gotten multiple myelos, multiple myelos, is there any way I could have just not had it? And he said, no. He said, that's part of your DNA. I thought, wow. (laughs) And you know, if that's the case, that's another reason why you have to accept who you are, you have to accept that it, that you have this cancer, and you have to accept the fact that you live with it, and you don't let it rule you. I say every day, I got this. I got this. I'm going to be okay. And that's what I hope. That would be my message to anyone who's di- who uh, is diagnosed. And, you know, I went through a stem cell transplant. Yeah. Um, that was not an easy thing to go through. I was in the hospital for 12 days. I think the biggest part was that I lost all of my hair. What woman wants to lose all of her hair? But, you know, I, li- I learned to live with it. I said, okay, so I have, I'm, I have a bald head. It's not the end of the world. I can put a cap on. I lost my appetite. I lost about 15 pounds, not that I had 15 pounds to lose, but I just, the food just wasn't tasty. Yeah. But after a while, you know, my, my appetite, appetite returned and my hair grew back, not as long as it was originally, but, and my daughter says to me all the time, mom, you need to uh, color your gray hair. 
And I, my response to her is that I have earned the privilege of having gray hair. And I remember when I didn't have any hair when I, was when I had the stem cell transplant. So the fact that I have hair on my head with gray hair, I'm okay with it. Thank you for listening. And tell us what you think of this podcast by rating and reviewing us. To stay up to date on what's happening in the cancer world, follow us on Twitter at UMRogoCancer. You can explore additional episodes at www.rogocancercenter.org podcasts. CancerWise is part of the Michigan Medicine Podcast Network.